Good morning, Robertson Avenue. How are you this morning? So wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for answering, Robert. That was exciting to get feedback. Okay. Um, so we kind of have quite a few little things to announce here. Um, I'm still writing, um, and so I'm just going to ask you to bear with me. So today, this afternoon, we have our ministry team meeting at 3.30, and then cantata rehearsal is at 4.30. Um, Miss Esther added some new jelly flavors. If you haven't um, perused the little cornerback in the little foyer, um, she has made raspberry, jam or jelly, and also pomegranate. So those are two new flavors that she's never had out there before. So if you are enjoying her jelly, you might check those out. They are uh, $5 a jar, and the proceeds go to Operation Christmas Child Shipping. So um, that leads me to our next announcement, that we are having our Operation Christmas Child Packing Party tonight at 6 o'clock. So please come and join in that fellowship and mission outreach project. It's one of our church's biggest um, events. And Ms. BJ has organized things super, super fun for by age category. So we will have plenty of social distancing and still be able to pack for age groups. So basically you kind of go with your shoebox into a room and do the age that you want. Um, if I'm not, you can switch it up. So if you do one for a one age group, then you can travel to another age group, the next box, because we pack. Um, we have a... We should have enough to do a minimum of 150, and possibly we could do more. And 150 was our goal, so that's super, super exciting. Um, it's been an awesome uh, experience to be a part of that again this year, and we even have stuff started um, storing for next year. So we are really gung ho about that, and have a great um, project going on. And let's see, am I forgetting anything else? I'm Oh, yes, National Collection Week. We're going to be doing some training. You got that email Sunday the 15th at 3.30 for training for um, the different spots. Um, I'm going to write that down so I know that. 3.30. And then um, also be considering if you have dollies or wagons or things that you want to donate for use for that. We would really appreciate that. We will take good care of them. All right. Well, thanks for being here. We're so glad to have you, and we will proceed.
beginning our Lottie Moon Christmas offering, emphasis of Tuesday prayer about that. We're looking again for classes, uh, classroom, a Sunday school classroom to adopt that and to run with that team. And so we're looking for that. Be in prayer about those things that are coming up uh, for Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. In the meantime, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name, and we want to thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. As we gather together in your holy and righteous name, I pray, Lord, that your spirit will move and touch us. Open our hearts to hear from you. Open our ears to hear from you, Lord. Open us up, Lord, to receive you this morning. I pray, Father God, as we look into your word, you would do your teaching. You show us your son, Lord. And I pray, Father, that we would embrace your son, Lord, if there be anyone who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, would you let this morning be the morning? I ask, Father, that you be with those who are out sick, be with those, Lord, who are out traveling, and bring them safely back to you. Let those, Lord, who are out to work, anything else, let them know we love them, we are praying for them, and bring them safely back to you. Go with us now until our time of worship. In your name we be glorified and magnified. For in Jesus' name we pray. Well, good morning. Oh, wow. Let's all stand up. We're going to have some fun this morning. I'm excited about this music today that uh, we have put together. And I say we because it was a uh, collaboration between Mark, myself, and Glenn. Uh, and all of this uh, came together pretty pretty wonderfully, I think. Let's all stand up. We're going to sing. I saw the light, man.
Brother Glenn. That was beautiful. Y'all please stand up again. Good Baptist groups. We're going to sing Jesus Messiah, just the chorus.
good morning. That's a hard act to follow, isn't it? <laughs> if you have your Bibles with you, open with me, please, to the prophet Isaiah. The very last chapter, Isaiah 66. Love to see those pages turn. And nowadays, i got to put out that I love to see those Bibles turn on in your hands. Amen? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tell you what, while we're waiting on the screen to come up, let me go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Are you ready for this? Some of you have come out and said, Pastor, my political candidate didn't win. Some of you come out and said, Pastor, my political candidate did win. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Amen? It does not matter. Listen to me now. It does not matter, ultimately, who's in charge of the country. What matters is who's in charge of your soul. Have you put Jesus as Lord in your heart? Have you had Jesus become Lord of your soul? Because you can't, listen to me now, you can't go to heaven until you know Jesus Christ. And so when we get to talking about what's going on in our country, don't forget to start thinking about what's going on in your soul. Because without Christ, there's no hope whatsoever. I don't know about you, but I've been watching those political things for the last couple of weeks, and there's a point where y'all just had enough, amen? Just enough is enough is enough. And I want to tell you that you can't ever have enough of Jesus Christ. We need to turn off the politics, turn on the relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's time for the country to get back to it. You might be thinking this morning, I'm sick of politics. Well, turn from politics to Jesus Christ. Amen? When we get with Jesus, we're going to find that politics don't matter anyway. When you get with Jesus, it doesn't matter about anybody else. What matters is that you are being obedient to Jesus. So think about those things. That's the elephant in the room. Now I've got to do the donkey in the room. Amen? Let's talk about the donkey in the room for a minute. <laughs> I didn't hear amen. I heard a hoo <laughs> Oh, let's talk about the donkey for a minute. If it, politics is too much, then it's time for us to start praising the Lord. You know what? The Bible tells us, commands us, that when times are good, praise the Lord, and when times are bad, praise the Lord. Amen? So if you want to start talking about the donkey in the room, Start praising God no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in your family, no matter what's going on in your country. It's time to praise God. It's time for every one of us to stand up and praise God. Now we've addressed the elephant and we've addressed the donkey. Do I need to dress anything green this morning? If we dress something green, we're going to say this. <laughs> you don't need to save the earth's power. You need to get the power of the Holy Ghost. That's where we're at right there. We can turn everything political into something about Jesus. Amen. All right, are we, are we there in Isaiah 66, verse 1? Because I'm going to preach myself happy this morning. I'll preach myself out of time and never even get into our sermon. So, look with me in Isaiah 66, verse 1. Before we start reading that, let's pray together. Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you'd have your way in our hearts this morning. I pray that you would take charge. That if there be anybody who needs to come to know you as personal Lord and Savior, or anybody, Father God, who needs to get their heart right, their relationship right with you, would you give them the strength, Lord? Give them the ability to come down the aisle to repent before you, Father God, to give their heart to you, Lord. And I'm asking that in Jesus' name. I'm also praying, Lord God, if there be anyone who has heard me this morning, if 
today would be the day they would feel your hands all over them. Any Father God who feels despair, would you let them know that you're with them and you will never leave them nor forsake them? Oh, Father God, if there be any that have just felt like they don't belong anywhere they go. And I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, you would let them know that you are the one who grafts us into the family. You are the one who makes us born again into a brand new family. You're the one that gives us belonging. And I thank you for that. And I'm asking you even now to get charge in this time. That if there be anybody that needs to come to know you, or anybody, Father God, that needs to get that heart right, would you let today do that? Speak to us as we need to study your word. Which in Jesus' name we pray. First things first. Let's take a look at Isaiah 66, verse 1. Read it with me. Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me, and where is the place of my wrath? Christians need to understand why we are in such a struggle. Did you know we're in a struggle today? We've been in a struggle for years. We're in a struggle everywhere we go. We fight against principalities. We fight against spirits of the air. Did you know that? Oftentimes we forget that. We think we're caught up in the battle of our flesh. Sometimes we're caught up in the battle with the devil himself. Or old me. Think about that for a second. Think about that. We forget what we're doing. The title of this morning's message, church, is Faith Comes by Hearing. It never, ever, ever comes by what you see. So right now, if you're one of those that says, I need to see God do something, that's not faith. Never was faith and never will be faith. If you're one of those that says, show me the writing, God. Show me what you're doing in my life. That is not faith. And faith does not come by that. If you're one of those that says, I have to see something to believe, then you're not following by faith. And you know what the Bible says faith is, right? Faith says you have to believe that God exists. Faith, faith is believing God will do what God said He will do, even when you don't think He can. That's what faith is. That's what real faith is. So Christians need to understand why they're in such a struggle. And the struggle we have is kind of caught in the middle. Sometimes we're living up in God's kingdom, and sometimes we're kind of stuck down on the earth. And some of us are stuck in the middle. When we're stuck in the middle, we feel torn, don't we? We feel torn between the things of the earth and the things of the kingdom. I don't know about you, but that's a lonely place to be sometimes. When you're there you feel like you've done something wrong, because you have. When you're there, you feel like no one's there with you. Well, you're wrong. Trust me. The great majority of the modern church is there with you. We're trying to get to where God wants us to be, but we're stuck between the world pulling us away. And the world works through all kinds of things, doesn't it? It works through election. It works through family. It works through church members. It works through anything. Let me tell you, the world will reach out to grab you through anything it possibly can. Amen? Not only that, but the devil will work through anything to grab you, to trip you up, to ensnare you through anything. Some of you are there this morning. The problem is that we have messed up on our perspective. We have forgotten something. I want you to look with me again in Isaiah 66, verse 1. Listen to what God says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Many of us have forgotten that we as Christians are supposed to be looking at the throne. We're supposed to be eyes on God all the time. We're supposed to be looking at Him. Now, I need you to understand something as you take a look at this picture here behind me. We see, I like this picture right here. Uh, I don't know why I chose it. It just spoke to me. we got these big old feet and this little bitty kid right there. And the kid is staring at those huge, big honking feet. Amen? 
Take a look at those things. Those have got to be triple E's. Amen? Those are big old feet. But anyway, she's caught up in looking at God's feet, but he's missing out on looking at the throne. And you might be that kind of Christian this morning where you've lost your perspective and you are too busy looking at God's feet. Understand what the Bible says. The heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. And if you are caught up being caught up in looking at God's footstool, you're missing out on what God's doing on the throne. Amen or on me this morning. Y'all are really quiet this morning, so I'm about to hit the nail on the head. Think about it for a second. Have you lost perspective? Have you decided that I need to see God's feet, but you're missing out on looking at God's face? You're missing out on looking at God's heart. You're missing out on looking at God's head. And you're too busy looking at His feet. You're living with your eyes down on the earth. If you're looking with your eyes down on the earth, you're missing out on what God is doing. Look again in Isaiah 66. Get the right perspective. The heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. You're supposed to be walking by faith. You're supposed to be eyes on Jesus. And if you take your eyes off the throne, you're looking at the things of the earth. Yeah, you might see God's feet, but you're missing out on what God is doing. And i got news for you, church. God has a message for each and every one of us. God's got something for each and every one of us to do. And most of us are looking at God's feet, expecting His big toe to talk to us. That means amen in the Baptist church. You're supposed to be looking up at the throne because God's got plenty to say. The Christian perspective. We're supposed to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now keep your fingers there in Isaiah 66, but let's read again in Colossians chapter 3. And I'm just going to read two verses to you. The Bible says, If ye then be in rhythm with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. In this context, feet also means focus on. It means focus on. Isaiah is reminding us that we need to keep our focus on the throne. Sometimes we get caught up in what God's feet are doing, and we miss out on what God is doing on the throne. And by the way, God has things for you to do. God has a message for you. We get caught up in His feet. Don't get me wrong, His feet are majestic. Amen? In fact, the Bible tells us how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. But I need you to understand, your perspective is to start looking up at the throne. How many of you know that when you put Jesus in your heart, you are born again immediately? Amen? When you ask Jesus into your heart and into your life, let me quote the scripture for you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. When you put Jesus in your heart, you begin that everlasting life right then, right there, right now. The problem is, is we think we're still living on the earth when truly and honestly we're supposed to be up there at the throne of God, not worrying about what God's feet are doing. We're supposed to be caught up in what God's doing on the throne. Sometimes we miss the big picture, don't we? We miss that focus on God. So we can see that our focus is on heavenly things are supposed to be where God is, and not on earthly things where our flesh wants to rule, where our flesh wants us to be. Remember, God's throne is in heaven, and His footstool is on earth. You ever went into somebody's house and they had that beautiful ottoman rocking chair? And a lot of times that ottoman rocking chair comes with one of those little foot gliders. How many of us would rather sit on the foot glider and say, this is the most comfortable chair in the world, when the rocking chair is waiting for you? 
That's what we do when we take our focus off of the throne and say, man, I'm caught up in the footstool. Are you there right now? Are you there? Have you been living there in your Christian life, in your Christian walk? Have you been living like, God, I can see your feet, but I don't see anything else. I would kill to know what you're doing, Lord. And God says, turn your eyes up to heaven and start getting your focus back on God and not on the things going on in this world. Have you been too busy being focused on the things of this world? It's time for you to turn your eyes back up. We can see that our focus is on heavenly things. That's where our focus is supposed to be. Where God is and not on earthly things where our flesh wants to rule. Remember, God's throne is in heaven and His footstool is on the earth. Why then do we focus on the feet? Why don't we focus on God's face? You ever been there before? You ever been there before? Like I was saying earlier, when you put Jesus in your heart, everlasting life begins immediately. It's in the Bible that when we are born again, we start living in heaven now. Where do we get that? Of course, John 3, 16. But have everlasting life in the Greek. It's right now. Immediately. We begin eternal life now. Why are we focused on the things of the earth? So here's the dilemma. It takes faith to not look where you're going, doesn't it? You ever tried walking around like this? I'm not going to go much further because I will be the guy who falls off. True. Last church I passed, it actually fell off the stage once, but don't tell anybody. Right? It was real small, and thank God they finally took out the choir loft because they had the wall about this far from the edge. And let me tell you, I had to be careful not to bolt it off. Man, it was ridiculous. And they took a look at me, and they're like, oh, our pastor's a little fat. We need to do something about that. And they took away the choir loft. Amen. Praise God. All right. So it takes faith to not look where you are going. You ever tried walking somewhere without looking where you're going? Now, kids do that all the time when they have their cell phones on that. But as an adult, we're not supposed to do that. In fact, you're not even supposed to drive without looking. But we do that too on occasion, don't we? We get driving, we get moving, and we take our focus off what we're supposed to be doing, and we end up in an accident. So here's the dilemma. We understand it takes faith to not look where you are going. And I just said, as a Christian, you're supposed to have your eyes up on the throne. But we want to see the feet. We want to see the feet, don't we? It takes faith to not look where you're going. I'm going to give you an example. You don't have to look at this, but in Genesis chapter 12, God speaks to Abraham and says, I will give you and lead you to a land that I will show you. He never says, let me tell you where it's at. Oh, by the way, here's a map, Abraham. No, he says, trust me, follow me, and I'll take you where you need to go. All you've got to do is keep your eyes upon me. Can you see the picture here? You need to have your focus on God, or you will miss where He is sending you. You need to have your focus on God, or you will miss where He is sending you. I think that bears repeating. You need to have your focus on God, or you will miss where He is sending you. When you take your focus off of the throne and you put your focus on the feet, you're going to miss where God is sending you. So let's finish the dilemma. Remember the Apostle Peter? Because he was walking on water. You can read about this in Matthew 14, verse 30. Let's look at it. It says, But when he saw the wind, this is Peter coming out of the boat, he saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Please note that he saw the wind. 
He was looking at Jesus as Jesus came across the water. But when he got out of the boat, he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the water. That's what happens when we take our eyes off of God's throne, when we take our focus off of God and put it on the things of the world. What did Peter do when he took his eyes off of Jesus? He began to sink, didn't he? You ever wonder why the Apostle Peter had sore hair? <laughs> because he cried out, Lord, save me. You ever wonder how Jesus, you think he caught him by the hand? I don't think so. I think he got a handful of hair. Let me tell you what, Peter needed a lesson in faith that day. Some of us need our hair pulled. We need to get pulled right back into a right relationship with God. Amen? So we can see that God wants our attention on Him. God, on the earth. Are you caught up in election results? Are you caught up in what's going to happen? Are you caught up in what has happened? Then we need to go back to the Bible. And the Bible says, trust me. I'm God. I'm still on the throne, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. God wants our attention on Him, not on the earth. When we lose that focus, we sink, and we end up just like Abraham in Egypt. Then when Abraham lost his focus on God, he ended up in Egypt, getting rid of his wife to Pharaoh. Peter saw the wind, and he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he started looking. Things of the earth. So God wants us looking at Him and to Him for all things. We need to learn to focus on the throne. Focus on the throne. Remember Colossians 3 and verse 1? And of course Isaiah 66 and verse 1. Where God says, My throne is in heaven. And that's where you need to be focused at. Now, we understand why Jesus tells Satan. Now, I'm going to break off the discussion. I'm going to chase a fair bit of a rabbit. We understand why Jesus tells Satan, Get behind me. You know that we as Christians, we as human beings, tend to focus on what's in front of us. Well, like this. We do. That's why you put a television in front of the kid and quiet for the next four hours. Amen? They focus on what's in front of them. We focus on what's in front of us. Now, coming from somebody who works in a prison and somebody who comes out of a military background, the last thing I want is my enemy behind me. It's a flank business. But Jesus says to the devil, straight up, get behind me, pal. Y'all get behind me. What is up with that? What's happening there? I need you to understand that Jesus knows that we have a problem when we start looking at things and losing focus on what really matters. We have a problem on taking our focus off of God. We want to see what's going on around us. We're supposed to be walking by faith. We're supposed to be looking up at the throne. We're supposed to be trusting God to take us where we need to go. But when something happens, we immediately take our eyes off of God. When we hear the wind like Peter did, when we see the water like Peter did, when a famine comes in the land like Abraham did, we take our eyes off of God and we start looking around. And we get what? We get afraid. We get scared. We question God. So are you really taking me where I need to go? Lord, can you really protect me from the wind, from the waves? Can you really protect me from the devil? And let me tell you something. Before we go anymore, let me answer that question. Yes, he can. Amen. But, but God understands we got a focus problem. And we got a problem focusing on what is front of us, what is in front of us. When we tend to see the devil in front of us, then that's all we focus on. And that's all we care about. You ever met a Christian that's going through a problem? All they talk about is the problem. They don't ever talk about how great our God is, how wonderful He is, how faithful He is, and praise 
His holy name. Instead, they're focused on, guess what? Nothing but the problem. Amen? And you say, Josh is preaching to me. Well, I'm preaching to me too this morning. Amen? All of us have been there, and all of us, and some of us are there right now. Well, all we can focus on is the problem. Now, Jesus tells the devil, get thee behind me, for thou art an offense unto me. You need to understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying, get behind me, because I don't want to see your ugly face anymore. And two, when I get you behind me, I'm not looking at you anymore. I'm looking back at God Almighty, and I'm going to trust Him to take care of me. You know what else I'm going to trust Him to do? So watch my back. Amen? We forget that sometimes. No wonder Jesus tells the devil, get behind me, because we tend to focus on what's in front of us instead of focusing on what is above us or the throne of God. Imagine, if you will, now if we get that picture up there, imagine, if you will, the Christian's walk. I love this picture here. I I was uh, corrected this morning. This is a picture out of Rainforest Cafe. Amen. You know, you got to have faith to eat there, man. I'm telling you. No offense to them or anything like that. But the last time I ate there, wow. Anyway, imagine, if you will, the Christian's walk. And you can't see where your feet is. Just like this foggy picture you have here. You can't see that at all, where you're going. And you're supposed to be looking up at God and getting your direction from God. You're supposed to be listening to God. And God's supposed to be telling you where you need to go problem is, is you want to take your eyes off the throne and try to see through the fog. That's the problem. That's what we all do, don't we? I'm guilty of it, too. God forgive me in it. But I've done it many times in my lifetime. I say, God, I'm trusting you. I just want to see where I'm going. That's not what God has called us to. God has called us to trust Him. He will take us where we need to go. So imagine, if you will, the Christian's walk. And that fog is all the way up to your and you can't see what's on the path around you. Now let's pretend that we are living in Texas. And in Texas, as you know, if you've ever went walking through the Texas woods, we have sticker birds, don't like this. We have big old cockle birds, don't we? We have snakes, we have scorpions, we have spiders, we have fire ants, we have crocodiles, alligators, lions, and tigers, and bears. Oh my! We've got them all! And you can't see what's under the fog. Church, God can. And our problem is not listening to God. Our problem is not trusting God. God is going to take you where you need to go. Now, I want to quote to you a scripture here. This comes out of Psalm 23. You're familiar with Psalm 23? I love Psalm 23. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But I want you to read that when you get home. And I want you to read the verse that says, Take me down pathways of righteousness for your what does that mean? That means that I will trust you to take me down the path, Lord, where I need to go. I know I can't see where I'm going. And I know that on this road there's pit holes, there's trenches, there's cracks, there's entire cliffs and mountains and hills and broken glass and everything else in the world that could possibly get to my tender little feet. But if I trust you, you will take me where to go. And you need to understand how God is guiding us. Step by step. Word by word. The Christian walk is supposed to be like this. Take a step, Joshua. Wait. Folks, we're saying, why do I got to wait? Well, you don't want to really look down there. There's a big old snake in the path. 
You don't want to look down there because there's a big old black widow. There's a crocodile. There's a politician. <laughs> it's under the fog. And you're supposed to be trusting God. And God says, stop and wait. And we want to do what? What's under there? When God says, just trust me. Just keep your eyes on me. I will take you where you need to go. And we know we get to walking a little bit further. And God says, jump. And we jump. What did I jump over, Lord? Broken glass. And perhaps, I don't know about you, but I've still got young kids at home. And about once a week, we still have to remove the sticker bird from somebody's seat. Amen? And you tell that kid every time, didn't I tell you to put your shoes on? And you get reminded, God said, didn't I tell you to keep my eyes, keep your eyes on me? All you have to do is trust me, and I will take you where you need to go. I'll take you step by step. All you got to do is trust me. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is keep your eyes on me, Christian, and I'll take you where you need to go. Up the steps, down the steps. I'll take you up the mountain. I'll take you down the mountain. I'll bring you into the valley. There is no height. There is no depth. There is nothing that can separate us from the Lord that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All you got to do is trust Him. All you got to do is listen to Him. All you got to do is keep your eyes on Him. Why? Because His throne is in the heavens and it's the true of the earth. That means He knows what's going on down here. His face here. He don't want to step on a sticker bird either. He knows. He's going to take you where you need to go. Imagine that. How we're supposed to keep our eyes there. What happens when we take our eyes off of God? When we take our eyes off of God, remember, faith comes by what? Now, remember Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by hearing. It never comes by what you see. If you're trying to see God do something, that means you're not listening to what God has to say. And if you're not listening to what God has to say, then you're going to step right into something you shouldn't be in. A bear trap? A snare? You know, the devil lays out snares for us. And that's what's under the fog, church. All you got to do is let God tell you where to go. Step by step. Stop. Take two steps to the right. Now watch. What about God's word? God says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I will lead you and guide you down pathways of righteousness for my Of course, every Christian has a battle with the devil, the flesh, and the world. We all do. We need to learn, as the Bible tells us, to crucify ourselves. Like the Bible says, if you want to be a good man, you need to die to yourself. Let Christ live through you. And if you let Christ live through you, Christ, whose will in life was doing nothing but the will of the Father, he's going to say, keep your eyes on the Father everywhere you go. Keep your ears open to what he says everywhere you go. And whatever you do, listen. Of course, we have that battle with the devil in the flesh in the world. And when we do that, it obscures our travel. It covers our path. And it seeks to snare us on our way. Take a look with me at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What are wiles? Wiles are snares or traps. When I read the word wiles, I always think of a trip wire. You know, the one that snares around your feet and hangs you upside down so somebody comes and lifts you out. That is a wild the devil. How does the devil work? Well, he works like this. Number one, he loves to make Christians discouraged. Amen? 
That is the number one trick of the enemy. If I can discourage you, if I can make you feel like nobody likes you, if I can make you feel like nobody's listening to you, if I can make you feel like you're not important, then my job is done, says the devil. And God's saying, no, no, no. Take your eyes and put them back on me. Tell the devil to get behind you and follow after me. You know what's funny, church? We have a hard time with that, don't we? We have that battle with the devil. And the devil's constantly saying, don't believe, don't trust. Somebody's out to get you. Somebody's out to steal your position. Somebody's out to take your job. Somebody did a better job than you do. Oh, baloney. If God has called you, then there ain't nobody better than you to do that job. Amen? The devil. What about the battle we have with the flesh? The truth is, if you will crucify the flesh like Jesus said to do, then there's nothing this world can offer you. Not a thing. If you will crucify the flesh, then the world will have no attraction to you and for you. And therefore, your flesh will have no temptation. And the devil will have nowhere to have a foothold upon you. So put on the whole armor of God. Maybe you'll stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, here we are in that fog. Inside that fog, there's traps, potholes, pits, lions, tigers, bears, scorpions, spiders, sticker birds, cactuses, deep water, bottomless falls, rock split chips, and of course, broken glass. We've got to learn to trust God. To take us where we need to go. We've got to learn to trust God. To take a step by step where we need to be. Are you doing that, Christian? Have you been saying, hey man, I'm going to navigate myself where I need to be? And then you get frustrated saying, how come it never works out? Because God didn't tell you to do that. You told you to do that. I've been there. How do I know about that? I'm preaching to me this morning, isn't it? If we will stay focused on God, then how can you see any of that mess that's down below? The problem is, we're afraid of that mess, aren't we? We are. We get the question of, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? What if, God? And really, the question should be, Lord, I do believe. Help thou my unbelief. That should be our prayer. And that should be our heart cry. To stay focused on God. How do we see all that mess down below? Well, you got it. So what should we do? Let's see what God says about our journey of faith, shall we? Shall we? Let's take a look in Luke chapter 4 and verse 4. Listen to what Jesus says. Guess what? Look at that whole Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, I'm going to give you a, a quote that comes from my heart. And I actually wanted uh, Amber to put this out on our marquee here in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to give it to you right now. How many of you know that God's word is daily bread, not occasional cake? Amen. And that's what most of us think it is. I want to pick out a sweet verse here and there. No, no, no. You are to live by God's Word every day. In other words, you're supposed to be looking up at God, listening to what He has to say. And of course, the question always comes, Pastor, how can I listen? How can I hear what God has to say? Let me tell you, God has given you 66 books for you to hear what He says. You've got to get in His Word every day, every morning, every evening to understand what He's saying, to hear what He's saying, and to be walking by faith, not by sight. Amen? 
Christians don't read God's Word anymore. And that's a problem. The last counseling session I had, somebody came in. Now, this was at Northside Baptist Church. But somebody came in and said, Pastor, I've got a spiritual problem. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. When's the last time you read God's Word? They said, last Sunday. I was like, there's your problem. There is your problem. In fact, let's take a break for just a second. Turn with me over to Psalm chapter 1. Y'all mind if I chase a rabbit for about five minutes? I know this is a Baptist church, and we're ruled by the clock. But let's take a look at Psalm chapter 1, the very first psalm. I want to show you a neat life lesson, if I may. If you don't know where the book of Psalms is, it's right after the book of Job. And of course, on my Bible, it's on page, uh, well, it's on page 3,000. So, you need to come, turn to page 3,000, you'll be there with me. Look at the very first psalm. Listen to what Psalm 1 says. It's blessed is the man. Now, you need to understand that this was a time frame where man meant mankind. Okay, blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Did you hear that? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, it says you're blessed when you don't listen to the counsel of the world. You're blessed when you don't listen to the counsel of sinners. You're blessed when you get your advice from God's Word, not from Dr. Phil McGraw. You're blessed when you get God's advice from the Bible, not from Oprah Winfrey. You're blessed when you listen to God, not from sinners. Amen? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law he meditates, listen to me now, meditates on day and night. Are you in God's Word? Daytime and nighttime. In fact, most of us only read God's Word when we read it Sunday morning. And you have the nerve to say, God's not talking to me. I beg to differ. He's got a lot to say to you. He's got a lot to say to us all. He's got a lot to say to this country, doesn't he? We haven't been listening. We have not been listening. That's the problem. And blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of sinners, but he delights in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his law day and night. Listen to what the Bible says. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. If you're a carpenter and you stay in God's Word, you're going to get blessed. If you're a teacher and you stay in God's Word, you're going to get blessed. If you're a Baptist preacher and you stay in God's Word, you're going to get church. You're going to get blessed. If you're a church member and you stay in God's Word, you're going to get blessed. If you're a politician and you stay in God's Word, you're going to get blessed. But ungodly are not so, the Bible tells us. But they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There's a lifetime of preaching in that song. And what I want to bring out to you this morning that you need to be in God's Word every morning and every evening. You need to be there when you wake up. In fact, I've got a motto in my life. Are you ready for this motto? No read, no feed. That's a lot for me. Amen? You say, Josh, you're looking mighty fat this morning. That's because I read God's Word. I will not eat until I've read God's Word. i got another one. No Bible, no breakfast. You want to go on a diet? That's how to do it like that. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Think about it for a second. Are you spending time in God's Word? Or are you sitting there saying, God's not talking to me. I'm trying to navigate through this world of fog, and I'm stepping on everything.
everything. I'm in pain. I'm hurt. I'm caught up in a trap. I'm twitching my ankles in pitfalls. I'm falling off cliffs and falling down steps. I'm stepping in the water. God, why aren't you leading me? And God is saying, yes, I am, son. You've got to look your eyes up back to the throne. You've got to start listening to what I say. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will direct you down pathways of righteousness for my name's sake if you'll start listening. We live by the Word. Live by the Word of God. Remember, our focus is on God. We are walking while looking up, trusting God to tell us where to go. If you were to look at Psalm 119, verse 105, the Bible would say, and I love this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. The last I looked in my eyes, they're up here on my head. And the last I looked in my feet, there's no eyeballs down there. Why is it a lamp unto my feet? My feet don't need to see. You're right. What needs to see is my heart trusting God and trusting His Word. And He will take my feet wherever they need to go. Let me quote to you again the Scripture. Blessed are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. All they can see when they're praying. Amen? focus is on God. And Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my that means that when you take your eyes off of God and you get off of the path He's leading you on, you're out walking on your own. Ever been there? Perhaps you're there right now. And you don't know where to go. You see nothing but fog. You get down and say, God, I sinned. I left. I left your path. And you know what you'll see? The light and fog. He's still got that light going right now. He's still holding it up saying, Sinner, Come home. Perhaps you're one of those who don't know Jesus. You say, can he light a light for me? He's right now out on the path saying, come home, my wayward son. Don't you know how much I love you? I think you're worth every drop of blood. I think you're worth every whip I ever took. I think you're worth all the nails and all the time on the cross. You're worth it all to me. Come home. Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Light to my feet. My feet don't abide. My path can't see. But I do need to listen to God who will direct my path. Look at me in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You know it quite well. My wife had a keychain. In fact, she still has it. One of the few gifts my mother in law gave my wife when we first got married. And that gift simply said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding. And all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Boy, we forget that all the time, don't we? We forget what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Can you trust him to take you where you need to go? Can you trust him to lead you down pathways of righteousness? Can you trust him to take you to the promised land? Can you trust him to make you prosper? Can you trust him? to defeat the devil? Can you trust Him to put this country back on pathways of righteousness? Can you trust Him to fill the sanctuary of Robinson Avenue? Can you trust Him? Yeah, you can. Faith never ever comes by what you see. It always comes by what you hear. Back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You understand what verse 6 says. In all thy way 
I want God to tell me what I'm supposed to do in my lifetime. I always take them back to Proverbs 3, verse 6, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and then He will direct your path. When's the last time you've acknowledged God in everything you do? We don't even acknowledge God in what we wear anymore, do we? Do we? Have you been to Walmart lately? My goodness. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I better be quiet. Everybody got quiet. Everybody stop preaching on that one. But have you been there lately? It's crazy out there what people wear. It's crazy what they think is... is acceptable in modern society. Or better yet, not what they wear, it's what they don't wear. Amen? They go to Walmart practically naked. What's wrong with these people? I don't want to see it anymore. I'm sorry, but that has never been my forte. Church, all your ways, everything you do, what you wear, what you say, how you're acting right now, are you acting a little mad? You get a little road rage out on the road? All of your ways, acknowledge Him. And then, and only then, He will direct your path. You just one of those Christians frustrated. God, you're not talking to me. God, you're not leading me. God, you're not directing me. Hello? Are you acknowledging God in everything you do? It's time for us to get back to that. How do we do that? By refocusing back on God. By keeping our eyes on the throne. Not on the footstool. That's what you see. Faith never, ever, ever comes by what you see. It always comes by what you hear. So to conclude our message today, look with me in Romans 10, verse 17. So that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Somebody once called me and said, what does that mean? That faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. What does that mean? That means I can't hear until I hear the Word of God? Exactly what it means. Do you remember Lazarus? Do you remember Lazarus? Four days dead. I love the King James Version there because it tickles me. He stinketh, amen? He tickles me to death. I love it. Pardon the pun there. Anyway, hearing comes by the Word of God. You and me and anybody else in the world could have stood out in front of Lazarus in the tomb and we could have said, Lazarus, come out, baby! And he wouldn't have come. We could have stood out there and yelled as loud as any Baptist preacher in the world said, Come out, Lazarus! And he'd still be dead. But when the Word of God spoke, Lazarus came forth. And the Bible says, He who was dead came out. And Jesus gave a command to take those grave clothes off of him because he's no longer dead. He's alive. And church, we've forgotten. We've got some people who've been resurrected out here. We've got some people who've been born again, who've come alive from their sins, and they're still walking around in their grave clothes because we haven't listened to the command of Jesus to take that stuff off. Amen? We need to get, we need to get busy. We need to be discipling. We need to be making those aware that there's a God in heaven and that He's speaking to us and that we're all walking on that journey where we've got to learn to listen. So then faith cometh by hearing. What does that mean? Faith never comes by what you see. It always comes by what you do. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why it's important to share the gospel. That's why it's important you speak it. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. So when people decide, I'm hearing God talk. Faith comes alive. When you pick up this Word, you read it, and you say, man, that's God talking. Faith comes alive. If you pick this book up and you say, that ain't God, 
does nothing for you. Do you know that? It does nothing. You might as well pick up me in the morning. It does nothing for you. It does nothing for you. He'll pick it up and say, I don't believe. It'll do nothing. I remember before I was a Christian, I must have picked up a Bible a hundred times. I read it, and I didn't understand a single thing I was reading. It was like reading gibberish almost. What are you talking about? I have no idea. What but the day I believed it was the Word of God, it became daily bread. It became something I had to have, and my body cried out for it. My soul still cried out for it. You know, if I ever miss a day of reading God's Word, I feel like I've sinned. No, I do. I feel like I'm walking to work naked. If I don't leave the house, if I say, well, I'm too busy, I'll pray when I get to my office. Wrong. God is already smacking me, saying, no, go back home. There's nothing so important you can't wait 30 minutes for you to talk to me. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Can I ask you one of those this morning? When you were out on that path, and you were walking, and you were following God's path, and you heard God's voice, and you were going with gusto, and then one day, you took your eyes off the And you looked down, and you saw all that fog. And then you got scared of what was under that fog, so you got down on your knees, and you started feeling, and you felt the danger. So you started crawling and reached with your hands because you had to start seeing now where you were going. And the next thing you know, you were way off of that path. And you stood up and you couldn't see the path because the fog blocked you. Perhaps right now you're one of those that says, Lord, can I trust you to bring me back? Can I trust what your word says? Remember what his word says? Thy word is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. Right now, God is holding up a light saying, come home. Come back to the path. We can finish what we started. Come home. So perhaps you're one of those this morning. You say, Brother John, I just couldn't believe until I heard God speak to me today. Would you be like Lazarus? Come on out of the tomb. Would you be like Lazarus? Do you hear Jesus saying, come forth? I'm telling you right now, Robert Sandy is going to jump forward to take those grave clothes off. Amen. We're going to be ready to pray with you, to love you, and to walk with you through that. And perhaps you're one of those who say, God, I am a Christian. And I'm on God's path. For some reason, I can't seem to find that church home I've been looking for. I can't find that place of fellowship that I need to be at. So let me tell you a little secret. Are you ready? Robinson Avenue is the best church to be top church, isn't it? It's time to come be a part of what God is doing here. God is doing a new thing at all ABC. And it begins with us. It begins with you. God is bringing revival back to us. God is calling His children home. I believe God is preparing us for the return of Jesus Christ. I do. I believe He's getting us ready. I believe He's calling us to reach everybody we can. For Jesus Christ, I believe He's given us His Spirit. He's given us His Word. He's equipped us to never fail. Why? Because the gates of hell will never prevail. He's given us the victory. Amen? And all we got to do now is trust Him to take us where we need to go. Where do we need to go? Right out there is lost. Right over there is lost. Right up there is lost. Walmart, they're lost. 7-Eleven, they're lost. H-E-B, they're lost. The school district, they're lost. Somebody say amen. 
They're not a break of heart. They are lost. They're dying. They're going to hell. They have no hope. And we've got the answer. Jesus Christ. It's time for us to share Jesus with everybody we know. That's God calling you to share the gospel with somebody. It's time for you to come down the aisle and say, God, I need to be in God's will. Whatever it is, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. We're going to have a word of prayer and teach spoken to you. Would you humble yourself? Father, we come to now in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you, Lord, for your spirit. And I pray your spirit will move right now in each and every heart and in each and every life. Convict us if we need to come home. Convict us, Father God, if we are off the path and bring us back home. Would you bring us, Lord, and show us that light? Call us so we can hear you, Lord, and bring us home. And perhaps, Lord, there's one who needs to come to know your personal Lord and Savior. Would you give that one this morning? Would you speak to him, Lord? Let them hear you clearly say, Come forward. And I pray, Father God, the baby come. Heed to your voice. We give you the praise, honor, and glory. Even in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Would you come as we sing? I surrender all. I surrender all. Come on. Please rise. Come on. Church, you know the Knights. Amen. They've been permanent visitors for a long time. <laughs> but today they've come and said, God is calling them to be members of Robert Kennedy Baptist Church. Amen. They want to join by statement of faith. They are both born again, blood bought, redeemed Christians. And I'll tell you right now, I have a copy of Mrs. Knight's uh, testimony in my office. And let me tell you, it's wonderful. No, you can't have it. And if you want to read it, I'll charge a dollar. Amen. <laughs> but I bet you. I bet you she'll tell you if you ask her. <laughs> if you're going to pray for her and love them, would you say amen? Amen. If you're going to support them in the ministry here at Robinson Avenue, would you say amen? Amen. That sounds unanimous to me. Welcome to Robinson Avenue Baptist Church. God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. So as we dismiss in prayer, as we dismiss, 
Uh, I want you all to come by and make sure you hug your neck, shake your hand, tell them you love them and you're praying for them. Do you have any last minute prayer requests, questions, or comments for today? Anybody? Right, thank you. Six o'clock tonight in the fellowship hall. So it won't be a worship service, but we will have a time of worship and we'll have a very, very short uh, word of God. Yes, sir. That's uh, Miss Rhonda's husband now. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So if God's answered our prayers, then let me tell you, God perfects His praise out of the mouth of babes. Amen. Brother Jerome? Oh, there you go. Yes, ma'am. Let's close in a word of prayer and after we pray, so y'all come hug tonight. Uh, I'm going to ask 